Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is June 21st in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, our Lord and Savior, we want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. Of course, I would like to open up with our usual uptime panel, and uh, we do welcome back Brother Bob, Brother Robert, and of course, we bring back Brother Kevin Hookman and uh, Brother Joe, and we have with us, again, we have Vanessa Moore, Sister Vanessa. Thanks for coming back with us on Uptime. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Absolutely. We're glad to have you back on here. Of course, uh, Bible Gateway's verse of the day today is, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, Brother, can we Hallelujah. Book, can, can we bookmark that for uh, later on when we you know, talk about some stuff about eternity and passing of loved ones? Because that's a very interesting timing and that verse is very significant. So we're already talking about hopeful scriptures here. Well, sure, absolutely. It's verse of the day. Can't can't miss it now on uh, Bible Gateway. But um, awesome. uh, yeah, well, we're we're glad to have all of you here back on Uptime. We apology uh, our apologies for starting a little late. Um, we had uh, a little bit of uh, things to discuss prior to coming on live. Have to do our sound checks and uh, and video checks and all of that. Uh, I hope you all had a great week, a blessed blessed week, and. Um, uh, let's let's start with how everyone's week was, and um, you know, uh, any praise reports, any prayer requests, all of that on the panel. Let's start with that, and um, you know, Vanessa, we haven't seen you in a while. Let's see what what's been happening recently in your life. Oh goodness, God's been blessing me. I suddenly just had all these opportunities uh, pop up after just you know, interesting couple years, and. Uh, you know, I've got a, a job that I can pay uh, to, to do my music and, and, and work on that, which is what I'm really focusing on right now. Um, I'm going to be gigging at a performance venue with the with the blues band here soon. So I'm getting paid to, to do that now. And I'm going to be working for a radio show. It's just like suddenly God is blessing me and my family with dreams and visions, uh, namely regarding my grandmother who passed away on Christmas Eve and uh, just the hope of heaven is just all around and God, you know, seeing specific numbers and just God's presence is everywhere. And so I've got nothing but, you know, good things to say. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll get back to you. And uh, of course, uh, Joe, um, what's been going on this past week, brother? Um, <clears throat> this past week was a little turbulent. Um, still blessed and obviously covered by the blood of the lamb, which is a, a blessing every day. Um, my family and I recently found out that my uh, father had passed away, um, who currently uh, was residing in Europe. And um, I'm sorry. Young, yes. Thank you. A young guy, not that old, 70 years old, um, had a turbulent life himself as a young man. Uh, Lost his mother at a very young age and growing up in uh, Spain in the 1950s wasn't the easiest thing for a young boy. Um, 
he uh, he left a few children behind. Uh, he was definitely a father, a husband, and um, a lot of great stories about the guy. He he saved a, a few people in his lifetime physically um, through some uh, natural disaster events that uh, he was there for. Um, he served in the military. He um, he was respected in the town where him. You know, he kind of. He built a house around a town that built around him. He was one of the first people in that particular area of the mountains. And uh, a lot of people respected him. Um, other people were nervous about him because um, he had such a hard edge to him. Um, you know, I uh, the Holy Spirit told me over the weekend that he, uh, he is with the Lord and that um, I will see him again. And normally when I, you know, I have someone close to me pass, I can never really tell. You know, I never really get that solid confirmation. But with this, with this, he did. He told me. And, uh, you know, it's it just shows you, you know, salvation is a gift. It's not something you work for. God said we're going to see people in heaven that we're going to be like, how did you get in here? Yeah. Not to say that my father was that guy. But you always question people that don't talk about their faith or yeah. their actions don't seem to show their faith. So I was blessed to have that confirmation. <clears throat> and the fact that he's not physically in pain or, um, you know, s- struggling anymore, he did have health problems, uh, gives me some peace. And um, and knowing that he's with the Lord is, you know, beyond comfort. So that was, that was something my brother and I found out this week. Um, and other than that, my week, you know, they gave me the opportunity to – it did something in me to, to like really hone in on like the peace that I have in Christ. It kind of slowed everything down. I didn't get emotionally distraught. Um, I mourned, but not in a way where like, you know, not in a way that would destroy somebody or, or have this long-term effect. Like I'm okay with it. Like it, this, the more people that I know that are moving on into the kingdom it almost like strengthens me every time I, I get more fearless of death as I have these experiences. So that's a blessing in itself. Cause a lot of people we know are holding on to the rails in their last seconds and are terrified. Not to say that the sting of death won't be scary, but I just feel peace. I feel more peace uh, about death as these times happen and these things go on and I stay in the word and I see what Jesus says. Um, it just strengthens me. So I always, you know, try and tell people, focus on that, you know, nobody's okay with a young child passing or, you know, something horrific like that. But you have to try and find the peace that they're with Christ and that God's understanding is above ours and that them being there with him um, is what he wants, not necessarily what we want. It could have prevented something else or saved the person from losing salvation. We don't know these things. They will be revealed to us. So. It gave me a better understanding of far, as far as um, as far as death and the sting of death. Well, thank you for sharing that, um, brother. And uh, I know that you have you have your own channel, of course, uh, Clouds Li, um, and you have posted uh, a very nice video montage of uh, of your father and some great memories of him. Um, would you would you mind if we we shared that either 
uh, right after we do the introduction? Sure. Of everyone. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, it's short enough where you know we'll we'll get through everyone's week and then uh, and we'll share that. Um, so, uh, brother Bob Hagen, how oh, was now, the week? Now I'm Bob again. <laughs> well, I had to add the Hagen. Okay. I, I can I can do it that way too. I've, All right. Um, well, I, I missed you guys last week. Um, no, it's it's been. It's been busy, but um, pretty good. I've had some challenges, but I'm also, you know, continuing to uh, be thankful for each day. You know, we've all got challenges. Uh, my condolences to Joe, to you and your family. Thanks, Bob. On the passing of your dad, I, you know, just being assured that he's, you know, was saved is, uh, I'm not sure about my dad. My dad passed back in 2010 and I, I've never been, I never really have had any kind of confirmation from the Lord about my dad. So uh, just knowing that is uh, comforting to you, I'm sure. Um, being able to be with you guys and, and, uh, and have Vanessa back too, is a real blessing tonight. You know, it's, um, it's always good to be on here. I don't think any of us take this for granted. Um, I like seeing all of you guys. You know, even though Kevin and I joke around a lot, we're you know, we're we're, we're pretty tight. And um, you know, I I look forward to this every week, and uh, look forward to see what what my buddy the doc has up his sleeve. You know, <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's a few things that, that Mr. Barber's ready to tell us about this week. But um, all in all, it's been okay. You know, my wife got back from her trip to uh, Virginia, and uh, somehow I survived the 17 days she was gone. Um, and that was, you know, uh, it was good that I survived, I guess. <laughs> but, you know. Everybody needs a break from time to time. So, yeah, it's good to see you guys. Good to see you too, Bob. Where you uh... Okay. Bob Barber. <laughs> I'll wait for you to uh, cue me up. Yes, so. <laughs> I was muted. Sorry about that. Here's the. <laughs> yeah. Well, been a really good week so far. Busy, got a new video coming out and stuff like that. There's so many things going on that I, you know, I was like, Lord, how can I funnel everything into a video? And He gave me the idea how to do it. So, real good video coming up pretty soon. The Rapture Resurrection Report. So, working on that. Just put out another video for Dreams and Visions this week. And uh, interesting thing that happened to me the other day. I was in prayer, sitting on my front porch around 10:41 last night. Well, two nights ago actually. And listen to praise and worship music when a meteorite came down from the sky. And this thing came down. This thing, this thing disintegrated about 20 feet below the 20 feet above the ground. This thing came down, and I was looking at my front porch. It, it cleared my roof line, and it was green and blue neon, and it was long and white. And you heard it was coming, you heard it coming in. It was a and then when I was like, was that a firework? 
No, that wasn't a fire. I've never seen a firework look like that before. And I think it was that a Roman candle, but somebody blowing off a Roman candle next door. If they were right. doing that, you would have seen the flashes of more of them shooting off. No, it was just one. And it came down. And I'll tell you what, I got a little worked up for a second there because when it first came down, it looked, I couldn't judge the distance of it. Was it something really big in the distance that was going to come down and hit and create this huge, you know, explosion that you see on these, you know, these movies? I was like, (gasps) (laughs) seeing this thing coming. But within a few seconds, I was able, within a a few seconds, milliseconds, I was able to gauge the distance of this thing as, oh, it's not that big. And thank goodness, though, it, it disintegrated about 20 feet above the ground. So that was absolutely amazing, but then it kind of reminded me of what is ahead of us, okay? And there's a lot of things that are pointing towards, there's a lot of crap ahead of us, you know, and we're going to be getting into that. So that's my week. Awesome. Um, Good to see you guys. Glad to be back, as always. Yes, we're glad to have you. And uh, Kevin? Yeah, well, um, this one thing that happened this week uh, that proves you got anybody should be watching this is that we predicted that uh, the government in Israel was going to dissolve, and sure enough, this week uh, it did. So, um, yeah, keep watching Uptime every week, and, and you'll know what's going to happen the following week. <laughs> um, that was, that was kind of easy, though. That was an easy one. Uh, we saw that one. Uh, the writing was on the wall, as they say, um, which is actually alludes to the old uh, uh, writing on the wall that Daniel uh, read, isn't it? <laughs> so mm-hmm. very, very interesting uh, what's going on in Israel right now. And, uh, you know, don't don't take your eyes off of what's going on over there um, uh, with Iran and uh, with, with how they're dealing with. Russia is dealing with uh, Israel in terms of Syria. I mean, all those things are prophecies that are, are seems like, that are just on the precipice of happening. Uh, but, I mean, when you have a, uh, a government uh, like Israel that continues to have, you know, just major problems and actually being able to keep together, uh, you know, something's going to give sooner or later. And I think we all kind of know that that, that's going to be uh, seven, the 70th week is, is coming up very quickly. Um, and that'll change a lot of things, won't it? So, um, yeah, it's just more things happen this week that just really point to the fact that we are, uh, you know, on the cusp and that we're in this transitionary period. We're experiencing birth pangs. Um, we're going through the, the beginning of sorrows right now, as Jesus said we would. And um, as Bob said, we are in this pre, pre-tribulation time. Uh, and then someone, uh, you know, asked on his, in his comments, said, honestly, are we actually in pre-tribulation? And I, 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 didn't, I didn't actually respond, Bob, because I was, I almost, I was almost going to get snarky and say, well, anything before the tribulation is pre-tribulation. So you can say this that the world's been in pre-tribulation since the beginning. But, uh, but I think that the, the, the bigger issue is what you were saying, which is we are on the edge of it. We are on the edge. And that's, that, that's how close we know we are. 
Um, people come into the channel. People talk on their videos all the time. It's like, I can't believe we're still here. After everything mm -hmm. that, you know, that's happening in front of our very eyes, I never thought that I'd see the day that this would happen or that that would happen. And, um, you know, when you read through Jesus' discourse on the end, he, 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 he says a lot like, this is going to happen, but that's not the end. Wait, there's more, you know. It's like that that those old commercials. It's like, you know, you get uh, you get this product and you get, oh, for 1999. But wait, there's more. You get two of them. Oh, but wait, you get a Ginsu knife. It's always the Ginsu. I don't know why what's so great about the Ginsu, but you get a free Ginsu. I don't think it's so great if you get a free one every time with every product. But, I mean, that's what they gave away. But, uh, but Jesus kept on saying that, you know, there's more, there's more, there's more. But that's not the end. And so I kind of feel like we're going through the same thing right now in some respects. It's like something happens and it's like, that's got to be the, the, what else could happen? And it's like, but wait, there's another thing. And you're just like, wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, mm -hmm. I just, um, I just want to encourage everybody to keep on watching, keep on racing, um, you know, to the finish line, because as Bob says, uh, you know, we are almost finished. He didn't, he doesn't Amen. say we are finished. He says, we are almost finished. So uh, they almost is a key, key word, isn't it? Which means keep going. Don't give up. Keep on going. And, um, you know, keep spreading the word. Because uh, the more people that hear it, the more people that accept it, the more people that are able to get mattresses and, and get a better life and learn the word, those people rapture. And they're not going to have to be here through this, uh, the 70th week. So that's a that's key we got to keep on going so we're almost finished and then we ended up with amen 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 mm -hmm. amen uh so thank you for that kevin thank you everyone for you know just letting us know a little bit more about how your week was and uh and um joe i, I know it's about four minutes in length um that I didn't realize uh, it was quite so long, but let's let's play um, your your video montage a little bit later, okay? If you don't mind, of course. Um, we'll play it play it later. We will definitely play that, but uh, I think we should definitely get into uh, the things that have been going on this week. Um, you know, since we last spoke, I mean, we we thought things were you know really just coming to to an end at, at that point. I mean, last week just seemed like it could, could be any moment or any second where we're going to be raptured, as mm -hmm. you just mentioned, right? Um, but uh, it looks like the Fed turned around and uh, made some asset purchases and uh, helped boost the stock market back up. And, you know, the European Central Bank came in with their special tools and boosted everything back up and uh, corrected that debt, yeah, that, uh, debt market uh, that spiraling uh you know mm -hmm. uh spiraling out of control um so and uh you know it looks like you know putin didn't uh start firing anything uh, as of yet but um there were there was a u.s coalition base uh in syria that was attacked mm -hmm. uh which is interesting to note uh by the russians so if you know if that doesn't tell you something i mean you know listen mm -hmm. we're getting closer and closer you know, to World War III. Um, I mean, that's just another thing added onto the plate that we can say, okay, some, you know, stuff is starting to get really serious now, especially with the West. This isn't just, this is not just about Ukraine. And, uh, 
Russia? Clearly not. We're, yeah, we're getting into one thing, Greg. Yep. And that yep. is like, um, so you got the, the Antichrist comes, comes in, right? And um, the white horse comes in. The Bible says that when they're saying peace and safety, sudden destruction comes on them. It's when the white horse comes in, the next horse is the red horse, which is war. So that, that peace obviously doesn't last that long because the red horse comes in. But before you, you have a cry for peace, what do you have before peace? You've got war, right? I mean, that, that, that's why people call for peace and finally say, oh, peace is with us because they went through a calamity of war and came out of it with peace. So it looks like that there's war, a false peace, of course, and then war. And so um, for those who are saying that they don't believe that any wars will happen until the red horse, I, I'm wondering from them, then why are people asking and, and creating a peace? People don't right. need to create peace out of peace. <laughs> I mean, if it's yeah, peaceful, yeah. why do you need a peace? It's already peaceful. So that right. that's Good kind point. of what I'm saying is that, and Bob, a lot of your dreams and visions that you get, people talk about, either war or calamity that's happening right before or right at the rapture. Exactly. And the fact that right now, I love the fact that you brought up the uh, elections. Okay. That was a rabbi Kaduri prophecy that there won't be a government right around the beginning of the tribulation when the antichrist show up. Israel will not have a government. And now look what's happening right before the new Shemitah period begins. Yeah. What a coincidence, right? Or maybe yeah. not. And you know, yeah. but you know, our thing about that, Bob, is that okay. not only is do they not have a government, but they could actually form one right now. But they're actually mm-hmm. delaying it. That, that yeah. they want to delay it because they don't want the government that can form right now. So they're actually making manipulations and stuff in order to delay it so that it's actually not formed until the fall. Isn't that interesting? Right. Another thing's interesting too is uh, they did this the first year they did not annex uh, Judea and Samaria. That's right. Judea and Samaria have been under Israel rule where the people there gets the rights of, of the, they get all the benefits of being part of Israel and all that since the 1967 six day war. They have been receiving those benefits, Judea and Samaria. But this June 1st was the first or uh, June 1st or June 6th, right around sometime around there. That's when they voted for the first time since 1967 not to allow Samaria and Judea to be a part of Israel. And mm-hmm. they got one month by July 1st to go back on that, to switch it back. And if they don't, then though Samaria and Judea is completely cut off from Israel, which means they're under a completely different law. They don't get the benefits no more. If they do anything, they the, any of the citizens there, and the Israeli citizens, have to go to a military court there, which is going to be Islamic. And mm-hmm. something interesting, Jesus said that this Jeez. was going to happen. He had a specific warning for Judea, didn't he? If you go yeah. to Matthew 24, 16 through 18, what he says, and then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with Judea? Mm-hmm. Because it's no longer under Israel rule. There's no protection for them whatsoever there. Interesting. And the fact that now is the first time since 1967 that Judea will no longer be under Israel's protection. Hmm. That uh, brings a whole how, new perspective into that, doesn't it? How how convenient. I mean, what a coincidence, right? Right yeah. before this whole uh, suppose of, like I've been talking about, the seven-year tribulation begins. And, you know, I've seen a lot of politicians now. I'm seeing these videos now. I'm just trying to do a compilation video. I keep hearing this whole, 
We got about two months left. We have about three months left. We have four months left. Have you mm-hmm. guys been hearing all that? Mm-hmm. This bottleneck narrative for September? Yeah. So, so it just so happens after 54 years of recognizing it, it just so happens that here on the last year of the the, Shemit, the 10th Shemitah cycle is that uh, they don't recognize it. That's that's very interesting, Bob. Mm-hmm. And Jesus and Jesus specifically warned everybody in Judea. So it's mm-hmm. going to be really bad, and that's why in Judea. I don't know what's going to be coming and how Judea is going to be a hot spot for or ground zero of it, maybe. But it looks mm-hmm. like now we're seeing the setup for it now. Wow. Coincidence? So, yeah. Really. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot about that. Not. That, that, I think not. that a date that you're talking about there is interesting too, brother. Bob, you said June 6th, right? Yeah. June 6th. That's the, that's the, my, that was my five-year anniversary, my salvation. I just celebrated. Hmm. And it was, the, uh, the, it was 2017. It was the year of Jubilee, I found out. And there's so many just things surrounding that, what you just said. Even that date, it's interesting. And I've seen the globalism on both sides. Ted Cruz is a surprise <laughs> to me. He's a globalist. I have no idea. Yeah. It's I true. No There's a lot of globalists in Congress, isn't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're absolutely suffering through what is a deliberate decision making of all the ruling class of what they're doing in this country right now. We are suffering. This is all deliberate. Okay. It's all happening for a reason. Okay, there's no yeah. Calvary coming for America. We all know, <laughs> you know, oh, and we, we, we do see a lot of good things coming. And uh, we do see a lot of things happening in the elections here in America right now. But, mm. <laughs> but Bob, they're, they're, <laughs> Bob. Bob, they're propping up the stock market artificially. Come on. There's really good news, aren't isn't there? I mean, uh, they're doing so much in order to tamper down inflation and lower the ga- cost of gas. They're they're securing the borders and they're they're making sure that people have uh, free speech and all their rights that uh, God gave them. Uh, they're they're doing all those things, Bob, right before our very eyes. Can't you see that? I mean, yeah, they're turning things around, Bob. As Joe Biden says, uh, "There's going to be a worldwide shortage if you don't have any food." As he walks <laughs> off the stage, you know, even come on, man. He looks at he's walking off the stage and say, hey, Joe, why are you shutting down all the farms then? All right, Why are you paying the farmers not to grow any crops? Why are all these food processing plants being mysteriously burned down at record numbers within the last year and a half? Come on. It was just another one this week. A gigantic fire just like torched a whole food processing plant. Right. Here in Colorado, too, the recent one, community, Christian community, they burned down. The big one in Louisville, not far from my house. <clears throat> they saw that they yeah. were conspiracy theorists. Yeah, we're conspiracy yeah. Yeah, But we yeah. do know this, Joe, is that uh, the night of rage is going to happen. Did you hear about that? The uh, yeah. uh, In regards the to the, the impending uh, Roe v. Wade decision coming from the Supreme Court that the left mm-hmm. leftist rioters have, 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 Stated that they are going to have a night of rage when that happens. So, um, you know, so things are definitely looking up. Um, uh, you know, you got to wonder, like, what the, the the people who are saying that they're just they're just like, I don't know. I mean, they they're just doing it with impunity. I mean, they're the same people that are going out and protesting illegally, by the way, in front of Supreme Court Justice House. 
one of those people just, you know, stocked up in order to murder one of the justices. I mean, and yet, does the Justice Department do anything about it? There's such no. a double standard of justice in this country. It is, it's unbelievable. It's like, I am, I am so ready for this millennial reign and for some actual justice in this world and, and that all of us here will be able to help um, administrate that. <laughs> because I'm telling you right now, at every turn, every single thing that you see regarding justice in this country, it is turned, it is flopped, man. It is just, there. there is no justice. There, when there's no justice, there is no peace. Mm-hmm. Well, if you showed up at uh, the justice's house uh, armed to the teeth, you know, you'd be arrested immediately. I'd be in get motive. I, I would. I'd be arrested immediately. We'd mm. all be arrested for being his friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd be arrested if we just <laughs> thought about it. To to try to uh, protect him, you'd be mm-hmm. thrown in jail probably for twenty years. It's gotten so bad. I've been shadow banned from every single restrictions and every single one of my social media accounts for like a thirty days. I posted. The, the, the simplest of comments or just laughing or agreeing with this, this one comedian who's, who goes around to city council meetings and calls, calls out these globalists, right? And <laughs> yeah. immediately I get a restriction saying that I'm being banned for uh, hate speech and enticing violence for simply laughing. And <laughs> that's, that's how ridiculous it's gotten. I mean, it's so yeah. frustrating. You have no idea. And it just propels me more, just gets me more angry, but it just me more because I know that Jesus is coming so much sooner. <laughs> That's true. I like that guy. Alex is a funny guy. Alex yeah, Stein. Yeah. yeah, he's a friend of mine now. Oh yeah, Stein. nice. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, Mark Dice also started doing that too. He started going to some some board, you know, um, school board or, or city council meetings, and he'd go in there and he would. <laughs> He had like green hair one time or something. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you know, yeah. we we need to protect these people. And he's just like, you know, just total parody. And yet, the, like yeah. some of those people on the on the border are kind of like nodding their heads and stuff. And then but you could always see like an old guy in the audience and he's just like, I can't believe what yeah. I'm hearing, you know. Cast <laughs> and the other one. Watch them both. They're hilarious. I yeah. heard they overturned great, though. they're heroes. They're heroes. I heard they overturned the uh the swimmer. Who uh, was a man? Oh, Leah Thomas. Yeah, supposedly they turned, they they reversed it. They're not allowed to compete with them anymore. No way. Um, yeah, awesome. in reference to Finally. women's rights, because you know the women had fought for so long to get their rights. Yeah. And uh, I just heard a couple hours ago. I mean, I haven't verified online, but a friend of mine told me. Um, yes, yeah, true. Yeah. It's true, right, Bob? Yeah. For I the NCAA, NCAA uh, swimming championships, yeah, they're not. Yeah. They're not allowing it. <clears throat> Yeah, it's just disgusting awesome. how far they try to take this whole thing. Of course, oh. now we got to be careful because the Board of Disinformation it was supposed to come back, but they brought it back under a new name. What's the new policy uh, Kamala Harris is supposed to head up now where you're, they're going to police everybody on the Internet? You know, she didn't do crap for the border. Oh, you sure you kidding me, Bob? Over this. She went and visited exactly. the border. She went and visited the border. I mean, come on. At least she did that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's well, a border through a virtual reality goggles don't work, Kamala. She That's was like, she, <laughs> she went. I think she went somewhere close to El Paso for like two hours or something, and then shook hands with a guy and exactly. said, "Exactly, she El, exactly, she El Pasoed. She just went drove right. She El Pasoed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. 
both. Yeah, well, her. at least we have her now as the head of the disinformation board. Um, at, so something, something good is going to come out of that, obviously, because she's so competent. Um, you know, but it's funny because they they put Scary Poppins um, there in charge of it for a little while, and um, when they realized that everybody in the world was like, you know, going, why would you put somebody who actually put out known disinformation? Uh, you know, regarding so many different things that have been disproven now over the past two years, why would you put them in, in charge of a disinformation board when mm-hmm. when she was like a purveyor of disinformation? And it was just it. so. I mean, as of Kamala Harris hasn't purveyed disinformation either, but I suppose as the vice president, you get a free a free El Paso. Yeah, that's, that's no, that's, but it's no surprise that that's coming. Okay, and they're going to overstep their boundaries. That's what they're going to do. I mean, yeah. think about it. Is all the things that are happening between now and September? Think about it in September, uh, September, uh, September thirteenth to the twenty seventh. The World Health Organization receives the keys to global power. Right at the legal, uh, what's that? The legal treaty ceremony they're going to be doing. So they're going. I mean, once again, <laughs> you know. And you have uh, you've got a digitalized uh, economy on the rise. They're saying they're, they're going to have it here in place in America. All right. This year by September. Wow. Okay. And yes. what else? They got like, um, oh, yeah. the uh, They got three red heifers almost ready to go in heard about Jerusalem. That. You hear about that? Mm-hmm. The three red heifers, they need to launch the third temple. That's there for the first time. And what else was there? There was a, oh yeah, the Abrahamic uh, family house uh, launch started. They're going to have that finished by September too. Three wow. red heifers? Yeah. Three red heifers, yeah. So it's yeah. like, I mean, come on. We never had all this before. We never had such uh, yeah. a completion of all these things before. And we see yeah. some things, we've seen things like this before that got close, but we did not have this global tyranny. No, nothing like this at all. Like, we 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 never had this before. This is what's different now. At least they didn't show themselves. Yeah. Now they show themselves. They do. Yeah. They're not out in the open, aren't they? No. Those Goldberg people, they're they're, they're out building in the open. (laughs) All right. They're out in the open. They're out. They're they're out in the open so much that they're getting a lot of uh, flack back from certain politicians and stuff like that now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're on the open, man. They're almost at the finish line. I think they're believing now. Hey, we got it in the bag. We don't have to hide no more. Right. Plus, you can't invade without being seen after a while. Right. And don't forget, we're almost out of food uh, this month or next month, out of wheat. And all the, uh, the what did it say? Uh, J.P. Morgan. Bank said that uh, by August first will be six fifty a gallon on average, which will put a uh, diesel at eight fifty a gallon on average, which is basically the uh, breaking point where trucks stop moving. Right. All right. Man. So we have right. even if even if all you people out there, that, oh, I got money, I could pay the amount of money for yeah. it. I could pay I could pay ten dollars a gallon for gas. But what if the gas doesn't make it to the gas station? Yeah. What if the truck doesn't arrive? Yeah, you still don't care how much money you make. You can't buy food. You can't buy food that's not there. Right. Well, the elitists in Washington don't have to worry about gas. They, can, they have a their own little gas tanks there in Washington that are pumped for them. You know, they have a. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, well, they now don't look, you know, you, you know, we can we can all just 
get electric vehicles. I don't know why yeah, $50, everybody's so excited. Tesla, you know? duh, yeah. That's what President Biden said this week. Says, you know, man, go out and buy as, he fe- as he was took a tumble off his bike. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was bicycles. He was following. Right. You know, so, hey, or, Biden, I, I know you're excited about electric cars and stuff like that, but why haven't you invested any of the money to the infrastructure? Where right. are the charging stations? Where are the 5D at? Where's yeah. all that stuff yeah. at? Yeah. How can you have invested any money into any of that stuff? You sent it all to Ukraine. Okay? Not only that, the technology is so expensive to make it that that no one's going to actually invest in, in it because the technology is so expensive to make it. And not only that, how, how much carbon footprint is there actually on making one of those cars? We've talked about that as well. So yeah, no, yeah. they have not thought this through. I can tell you it's that. Tie up. Yeah. It's just there to keep I, us quiet until they destroy us. Do you know why uh, yeah. you know Biden fell off the bike? Huh? Yeah, we just uh, we just mentioned that. He oh, was, you know, as he had was falling off the bike, he was saying you know to buy electric cars. No, was was that because Trump was uh, swinging his golf club? No. Or no, <laughs> that, I saw that <laughs> meme as well. Yeah, no, it's climate change. He had oh, that, he, he that before when when Trump did the drive okay. and then hit him, and then Biden fell up the steps of the plane, and then he hit him again. Yeah. So now it's uh, hitting him off there. But two things did happen this week that were pretty, pretty big. And that was one that the the World Health Organization now is all in on this uh, lab leak theory now. And I I would I mean, I don't even know we should call it a theory anymore. I mean, we we called it from the get go. But this is a big deal now that, of course, it's two years too late. But um, that's a big deal that just happened this week. And I think the the other big deal that happened this week, I remember I had it remembered before, but I forgot it now. But it will come back that, to me. That now. does not sound good. What about the EMP <laughs> announcements coming out of DHS? All the EMP threats now coming out of DHS now. Stuff like that. Or uh, the wide administration and, and the mainstream media is predicting now massive attacks on birthing centers and Christian churches and anything of the sort like that, those areas are under a high threat watch now when they drop this whole Roe versus Wade. You know what, guys? What oh, if, I'm just saying, but what if the Roe versus Wade is a signal that we should be looking for for the rapture resurrection? Mm. It seems like the Roe birth, versus Wade is a turning pains, point. Birth pains, I mean, no pun intended there. God, True. There's a reason for that. Because think about this way: when they when they when they try to flip that thing and go after the children, that's when God removes us. That's when yep. God removes all the children. It's like, all right, you want to try to do? This, you've been trying to do this to my children for thousands of years, especially now. Going after the children and, and trafficking children, and that's one of the main reasons why they this thing in Ukraine is going on. I know a lot of people don't think that that's. You know, I've got I've got different views on this Ukrainian war. Me too. And, it's all a distraction. A lot of, mm-hmm. And and that there's a lot going on there. I don't want to get into a lot of it, but it and has a lot. It has it has a lot to do with child trafficking. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's not it's not about Zel- this. Zelensky's a joke. Okay. It's a total joke. And you know he is and, and, because and celebrities are obsessed this, with him. Getting all this money, and it, it's it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's always and, a major and catastrophe. In this country, you know, like you guys have been saying, the fuel prices are going up and all this, but I I don't I don't necessarily think that 
we're finished yet. I think that there's still a season for uh, for people to turn to the Lord. I, I really, you know, I, I try to be try to be optimistic in the in the in this. You know, it's like seeing everything; it's crumbling. But there has to be, you know, it has to be dark before it's, it's always darkest before the dawn. So, you know, I mean, brother, I, I agree. I agree with that. But I was when I remind myself sometimes that people will turn to the Lord after the catastrophe or during the catastrophe, during the tribulation period. You know, so that's that's what I, my mind always goes there. because this, this is happening so soon. God's going to ha- God's going to just come back way before you know it. This blatant licentiousness that is running rampant all throughout the world. It just with the whole thing, you know, the, the babies and everything. And I think I, mean, I just keep seeing this image of like my family and my loved ones, people who don't know the Lord and my friends uh, being left behind, but having the opportunity to turn to the Lord then. It just, I don't know. It just, there's a sense of urgency that I don't even think we have a couple years on this earth. It just no, seems no. like to me that if they don't, people don't see it now, what's going on now, they're really blindfolded. Yeah. I mean, what what it's going to take I mean, unfortunately, I think it, it's going to take God's judgments upon this nation, upon the world. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's just going to be that point. I mean, this has been, and we we're talking about a very long time. I, I understand uh, the wanting of revival and, and bringing people back to him in the way uh, things have happened in the past. And you know what? It may happen, but it just seems like things are just escalating to a point so quickly now i just i just don't see that happening well i have a question do you think i mean my question is this do you think ever there's ever been a time where so many people are watching so diligently for the for the rapture like in in the history of the world i I, because i mean you're talking i mean you're talking like literally millions of people Mm -hmm. are are actively watching daily and, and watching things to happen and saying, okay, if the rapture happens tomorrow, for example, I'm not going to be caught unaware. I mean, mm-hmm. the Bible states that so many people are going to be caught unaware. And that is that is absolutely true. I mean, you can see there are literally billions of people that have no, no clue or no idea uh, about this whatsoever. But the Bible also says that you're not going to be caught unaware, that you're going to know, and that I don't need to tell you because you're going to know the times and seasons. I mean, can't, doesn't it seem like with all of these coinciding factors and this convergence that throughout the last especially five years since the Revelation 12 sign or possibly just before with those blood moon tetrads, that you have a lot of people now paying attention who weren't paying attention before and understand that things are at that precipice at this point. Yeah. Well, the, the Tetrad, the Blood Moon Tetrad and Revelation 12 sign was in mainstream media mm-hmm. back yeah. then. That's how far it got. Revelation so, 12 sign was on PBS. There was an hour-long yeah, special it, on it. was a mainstream media, so it woke up a lot of it. And I, and I tell everybody, you know, that, that happened during this Shemitah cycle, which is a seven-year cycle, but it's not the seven-year tribulation cycle. It's a foreshadowing of what's coming the next cycle. Wake up call. Okay. And that's historically what we've seen with Shemitah cycles. They foreshadow what's coming in the next cycle, whatever you see happening. And for example, a good foreshadow right now, for a good foreshadowing right now is what's going to happen here in America. And we could see that with the uh, bubbling up of Yellowstone National Park now. 
because you got lava now getting higher than it's ever ever done before. It's pushing all the water to the earth, boiling hot water, and it's flooding everything. It's taking out homes now. It's taking out bridges. They shut down the park until Halloween. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Right. Shut down the park now from now to Halloween. Okay. So something like that has not happened in 1,500 years. Now, I know the Bible is a – the flood is a foreshadowing of judgment. Okay. And the fact that it's flooding over there now, can that be a representation of the foreshadowing of judgment that's mm-hmm. coming on America and the Western nations? Of course, that's after we're gone. But you got the Chinese Russian soldiers <laughs> that will invade – you got the four trumpet judgments that take takes them out after <laughs> they take America, you know, and you have all that going on, you know. And well, here's another, another here's another factor too. Here's another factor too because I, I want to expand upon that because it if there 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 is going to be the 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 Bible talks about the latter rain. There is going to be a revival. There is going to be a bunch of people that come. And the Bible talks about a multitude of people like Vanessa mentioned and alluded to that are basically tribulation saints and they get their robes and then they're resurrected at the end of the the tribulation. And then they're alive and they rule and reign as well. But in order to have a revival, what is what what's going to have to cause that? Because I'm telling you right now, a revival is not just going to happen tomorrow out of nothing, Bob. There's there's I mean, sure. There, there are things that, that we're doing right now that all of us are doing and the people are, 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 are uh, you know, purchasing Bibles. They're purchasing mattresses for, for people. They're purchasing the, uh, you know, people, missionaries, food, things like that in order to get the word out. Sure. But there is going to be a massive revival, a multitude that you can't even number, that you can't even count. What has to happen in order for that to happen? The only thing in my mind that, that could spur something like that on is the rapture. Because yeah. it's so, so life altering. It's so change. Right. It's such a big change for this world to actually have literally, you know, millions and then a billion children and, and hundreds of millions of people taken out. Mm-hmm. That, that is going to change the mindset of so many people on this earth. So you can see how a revival could come out of that. But I don't see a revival coming out of anything else except for the rapture. I see it. I see the. I see the rapture resurrection being a shock. To yeah, them. that's how God's going to shock it. You know, clear. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's and, like a jolt to everybody, right? Yeah. And the thing to think about too, we we're talking about, you know, uh, Greg, you're talking about these people who are hard headed right now. Okay, the revival that's coming is all the people who are hard headed. And you guys ever seen that study where uh, you got the wheat harvest and the barley harvest? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the body of Christ, we represent the barley harvest. And how they how do they harvest the barley? The barley and wheat look the same. But mm-hmm. the barley matures first. What do they do to harvest it? They throw it up in the air. They winnow it. Yep. Mm-hmm. They throw it up in the air. The wind blows the chaff off, and it yep. settles down to the ground. It doesn't have okay. to be crushed. But the wheat, what happens to the wheat? It has to Throw's be crushed back. under a yeah. tribulum <laughs> board pulled by a beast. Sounds I mean, like tribulation to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a tribulation saints. A tribulation wheat are the yeah. tribulation saints. And we, mm-hmm. who are the body yeah. of Christ, we're the barley because what happens? We get thrown in the air. And what, mm-hmm. take, what takes off the chaff? The wind. Ruach. Mm-hmm. Ruach HaKodesh. Holy Man. Spirit. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, this, these processes are all protocols by God. <laughs> and they're operating on so many different levels, but even in the spiritual realm. Yeah. 
Doc Barber is a poet. Look at this guy. He's just like yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the dog. These are beautiful That's words, Bob. You're, you're on a nice. roll, Bob. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for, Bob? <laughs> That's what you're that looking for. Say. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to. Um, I just wanted to share some some word here that that I was looking at earlier. I think it's always good to have a little bit of word. There's a lot of a lot, a lot of heaviness to a lot of the stuff we've been talking about here. But if you go to Psalm 62, uh, where it says, "Truly, my soul waiteth upon God, for from Him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will ye imagine mischief against a man?" Ye shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall ye be, and as a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Salah, my soul, wait thou upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved, and God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Mm. So that's a comfort right there. I mean, he only is my rock and salvation. Um, My strength. Uh, You know, we've got to realize that this isn't a, you know, this, this isn't a dog and pony show that you, Mm-hmm. You can you can handle by yourself. You know we need we need God. We need each other. We need prayer. Um, I got a um, a friend that was going to be going in for some uh, to have some stints put in in her heart um, some for some blocked arteries, and uh, I prayed with her and her husband uh, last week. Got after church went into a quiet place prayed for her and uh, when they went in to um, do the stents today no blocked arteries wow. uh, how, how did that happen hmm. because of me no. no I mean why why do things like that happen I mean this does, does, does God still is God still in business you bet yeah. he is can he heal yeah can he cause blind eyes to see? Can he raise people from the dead? Can he, you know, take take lives that are broken and, and and mend them together again? You know, all of us, we've all got stories, but we have to realize, you know, that sometimes we have to wait upon God. And, you know, it's not, it's not always going to be, uh, it's not always convenient to be a believer. <laughs> you know, there's there's times when I'm going through some stuff right now, and I'm I'm going to continue to be thankful. Going to continue to be thankful, and continue to to strive to be faithful every day. And I, I know that I know that God is always faithful. We aren't, but He is, and we've got. We just have a lot to to um, look forward to, and in that verse eight it says, "Pour out your heart before Him." You know what does that mean? 
you know, that has a lot to do with prayer. You know, um, the innermost feelings, you know, the, thing, the things that you don't want to share with anybody else. You know, you say, well, he already knows all those things. Sure. But you have to acknowledge that he's the one that's going to be your strength. And he's the one that's going to pull you through all this stuff, right, Kev? I mean, there's just Amen. no way. There's no way around it. I, I, Amen. It's 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 not a it's not a question of uh, just once in a while needing needing the Lord. You know, we we just need him on Sunday morning. Wait a minute now. He's not a Sunday morning guy. It, it, it irritates me. You know, once one hour a week. You know, it, it's it's. Just, it's a it's a way of life, and um, I don't know. I get sometimes I get sometimes I get a little preachy when I'm talking, but I, I had to share that because that's just I always think about a rock is something you know our lives are supposed to be built upon the rock, Christ Jesus, not on not on sand. You know, and the storms come. You're talking about you're talking about Yellowstone and all the stuff going on there. That's all. That's just 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 a big huge mess right now, and it it's it's the earth. The earth is crying out. It's groaning. It's it just everything's getting shook up in the physical realm because of what's going on in the spiritual realm. I believe mm-hmm. you know there's there's a there's a there's a huge if we could see it with our physical eyes, everything that's going on. I think we can handle it. It's huge what's going on. But one of the things, and I won't say anything more after this, is to, is to remain faithful. And as I like to say, give Jesus Christ a chance. If you're out there and you don't, you don't know him, mm-hmm. it's time to know him. Yes, and just and, and ask, seek, and you shall find him. You know? Amen. Amen. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, Rob, I, you know, I, before I was saying, you know, I believe that, you know, I want to believe also that there's, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be small mini pockets of revival too. I may have come off strong with some, you know, previous vocabulary there and that's not where, where I was going with it. Um, you know, but the desire to have these revivals, I think is, is obviously something that we can, we, we can hope for. Um, and I think there are going to be mini pockets of revival. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe there are many pockets. I don't know that it's going to be a wide spread thing there. Um, uh, I do believe that there are going to be many pockets. I think there was someone else who I was watching recently that said that that mentioned it. Um, and uh, it, it's going to start in the, it's going to start in the households. It's going to start with each one of us spreading mm-hmm. the gospel, even in our own, you know, in our family. Um and uh, so, yeah, for that, it, it is um, it is something that we should be striving for, um, hopeful for uh, prior to this J- time of Jacob's trouble, Amen. because this is all serious stuff. And, and, you know, we can sit here and talk about it. But when rubber meets the road, so to speak. And the bird, I think, agrees with me behind you there, <laughs> Vanessa. Birds. <laughs> You I, guys agree want to see, the, uh... <clears throat> I agree with the small pockets of revival, and we're seeing it in some prominent voices. Um, like, you know, I think of people like Peter, or Jordan Peterson. I mean, he's 
he's on his way to being safe if he's not already. And uh, Bill Maher, I think the pockets are going to be some prominent figures, just individuals, individual people, individual families, individual, just, yeah, mm -hmm. very small pockets. And I think some of them will be very public, though. Maybe not be widespread, but I think the individual pockets might be very public. If you guys want to see some pockets revival, just go to our Feed My Sheep Today YouTube channel. Cause that's all we do there when we reach small reach these areas that are like pagan areas we in, we introduce the gospel of jesus christ into a completely pagan area we go into these villages and you know places that are completely remote from cities and stuff like that and you get 30 40 people here 100 people here you know 10 people there 300 there you know those are pocket revivals and those are happening all the time right now so you're absolutely right, Bob. These pocket revivals, these pocket revivals, that's what's going on. We're not seeing mass scale revivals. And that's not going to happen until you have a mass scale messenger like the Revelation 14 angel. Okay. But we are definitely seeing those pocket revivals. I get the reports all the time. When these people get new Bibles, these are always new believers. If you watch on our YouTube channel, Feed My Sheep Today, you people receiving Bible, receiving aid and stuff, new believers. All the time. So you're absolutely right. The pocket revival, like you're saying there, Vanessa, is definitely happening. It's happening here. It's happening over in third world countries right now. It's happening globally. But it's, they're, they're in groups, right, Kevin? Remember we talked about that? They're in groups. Once again, Jesus dividing us up into groups. And I talked about that in my last video. How Once again, how the rapture resurrection, we, we may be put into groups before the blessing is delivered, just like Jesus divided everybody into groups before he delivered the blessing of all the fish and the bread to the 5,000 to the 7,000. They're divided up into groups. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he just do a line a mile long? Here's yours. Here's yours. Here's yours. No, they all had to be divided up into groups. And then a miracle takes place. So great question to ask the Lord, you know, when that happens, but dreams and visions, the visions and dreams I put this past week, that's exactly what happened twice. People ended up being with believers. I was in my rapture dream just a few weeks ago. Remember, I was in that room, a group of believers. I didn't know who they were, but we were in a small group. It wasn't everybody on earth. It must have been about, about 50, 60 people in that room. Okay, once again, all put in the groups. You know, mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty sure Joe probably contested that, you know. Joe? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, can I, you? <laughs> can I attest? Yeah, I can attest to that. Uh, well, my first rapture dream, I was with a few people walking. Um, my um, second rapture dream, people in my neighborhood came out and were changing into the younger selves that I had never seen photos of. Wow. And um, in my last rapture dream, wow. I saw the dead rising and my teeth were changing in my mouth to like they were when I was a little boy. So there will certainly be changes and people will be a part of it because a body is a body. The legs go where they go and the, the arms follow. Mm. I'm, I'm hoping so, to be, I'm hoping to get changed back to when I was 18. I was in prime shape back then. I mean, I could, <laughs> I, could actually, I, I, could do vigorous, I could do vigorous sports for like, five and a half hours straight and I did I played basketball for an hour then my coach got mad at me because I wasn't practicing tennis he made me run six and a half miles 
I counted 26 times around the track. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. And he's like, I'm going home. He's like, no, you're not. We're playing Australian rules doubles. And I'm like, are you kidding? No. And I'm like, all right, I'll play. And so it took an hour and a half, and I beat him 21 to 6 to 3, both the JV and the varsity coaches. So that's where I want to go back to. I want to go okay, back to you wanna, go for five and a half hours straight. You want to be? You want to go back to when you're 18? I'll go back to 18. when I was 18, and I was a pretty good basketball player. I'll take you on. <laughs> really? <laughs> wow! All right, that, that's going to be a good match. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely. Look at him. Yeah. I was a basketball player too. I All right. Well, in high school. well, why don't we play as a team instead of one on one? Because that way we can, uh, you know, take on. Um, I don't There's know no what other channel. Greg, you said some other channels doing some forum or something during this period of time. We'll go ahead and take them on up in heaven, and we'll and we'll, we'll beat them. Robert wants a smackdown. He wants to just like beat them now. Or we could we could just all meet at a court and uh, do yeah. you know go live and. Sounds good. Come on. Yeah, that's true. Why not? That's true. Are you up for that, Robert? My prime. <laughs> hey, guys. 18, 18 was my prime as a ballet dancer. You guys want to take on a ballet dancer up in heaven? Oh, okay. That sounds good. <laughs> you do some pirouettes? Oh, no. My phone. Yeah, well, you can be our cheerleader. We got five plus the cheerleader. That's all we need for a basketball team. Uh, no cheerleading for me. No cheerleading. What do you guys think about this picture right here? Yeah. This is from. Seven Nice. Elon Musk posted this. Yeah. Now he doesn't just post stuff on Twitter just because he's an idiot. Okay. He does it. He's very strategic when he posts stuff. Okay. And it's funny how you put it up here. I know it's a gas price, but something about 7 Eleven. You know, we were talking about that last week. Mm-hmm. You know, the significance of 7 Eleven. Uh, Trump even said 7 Eleven, meaning in replace of 9 Eleven. Remember that? During that, uh, mm-hmm. during that rally, he said that. And I think you said it on purpose. It's kind of hard to say 7-11-9-11. I mean, you really, I, you can't make you can't make that mistake. I don't know, but uh, there's something very significant about it. I know a lot of people see it. I've seen it. Eleven uh, Elevens and seven Elevens, nine Elevens. Okay, I see a lot of that right now. So you, you know? think there's some significance to July 11th? Then a great point right there. Mm. Maybe. I think, it represents, I think it represents God somehow because I've had dreams of 7-Eleven. I had dreams of being at a 7-Eleven with three drinks in my hand and going behind the building and hearing Barack Obama preach the gospel. So 7-Eleven, really? 7-Eleven can represent, <clears throat> this is a dream from God. The three drinks represent the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Wow. And in, in the dream, in the dream, see, this was a place where we used to hang out when we were kids, probably about 1998. It's been all rebuilt since then, all right? Um, There never was a door there. Um, They took the door out that was originally there when I was a boy. And in the dream, that same door was there. I've had dreams of um, being anointed by oil and getting a time on my phone saying 7-Eleven. So I think the 7-Eleven isn't necessarily a date. I think it represents... That this, you know, the spirit is telling you this is from God. This is significant. I mean, I'm sure if we look it up in Gematria, it means a bunch of things. But I don't think it's a dark number. No. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they used to sell um, a drink, uh, a, a size, and it was called the Family Fun Gulp, and it was yeah. it was two liters, and it was it was in a cup that was two liters big, and it had a it had a it had a handle, and it was like a bucket. 
It was like a bucket of soda for it was a family fun goal. That's what I that's what I remember of Seven Eleven. And they also I also sold Zots. I don't know if you remember that candy, but it was like really sour. I remember Zots. Yeah, and they had that little stuff inside the. Uh, yeah, they had a little powdery stuff inside that would just, or, like destroy oh, your, yeah. your, your Super mouth. Super sour. Yeah, you and they were like they were coming this um like they were connected like a sausage roll almost like these little, oh, sure. little packets, and they were like five cents a pop. Yeah, that was that's what I remember about Seven Eleven. Oh, and they sold knee high soda, knee high. If you guys remember knee high, ah, knee high soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember all that stuff. Man. Remember, yeah, old, no. old, old enough to remember all that. It, it, yeah, we both are, and it, and it yeah. just it feels it feels like so recent, but so long ago in terms of like what it, how this world has changed uh, since mm-hmm. since we we were kids and went to Seven Eleven on our bikes and had no worries in the world. Yeah. You know, I tell you how this world's really changed. Um, have you noticed now that the veil between the supernatural and natural is getting really thin now? Okay. And I think uh, Stephen Bendenoon has really in his live talked about how this veil is thinning out now. And mm. things are beginning to spill over, which, you know, the trumpet blasts and spirits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But this veil, I believe this veil, when this veil is completely removed, that's also the hand of restraint. It's mm. completely removed. The veil is completely gone. That way, I mean, he basically does a really good video, and everything he talks about is like you'll be able to see things in the sky that you weren't able to see before because it was veiled. There are creatures that are coming into our dimension now that don't belong here. You know, this is why I can sit there and watch these paranormal shows, okay? And all I see is are these weird creatures that people are catching in the woods, skinwalkers, Bigfoots, all these weird things are catching in the woods now and all these people are all getting their own content and i mean they make big long shows about this now i think they had like 20 seasons or something like that so they have there's a lot of content out there that people can record now okay then that's not a coincidence and the fact that now that bail is getting so thin that six thousand percent of ufo activity we have an increase of six thousand percent ufo activity since 2021 so Mm -hmm. i think what we're looking at right now is an acceleration of this veil wearing really thin and perhaps that's when the veil when that veil is gone that's when we pass through it everything just goes supernatural the rapture resurrection takes place there's no longer that veil there however that's going to work i don't know because think about it this way if we go into that moment if we're not if the rapture resurrection takes place and it's a spiritual event that we watch in a moment wouldn't the veil for our human eyes need to be removed so we could watch that supernatural event all right. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we partake in it, Makes you know, sense. something, something to think about, you know what I'm saying? And the yeah. fact that we're seeing that this, I mean, like I said, a, a lot of weird creatures now, and I'm seeing things here and there. Now, basically there's angels in the sky. That's what I'm seeing now, you know, not too often, but it's pretty nice when it does happen though. And, uh, oh yeah, I like this. Sonic 720. How about Jurassic Park? Uh, Dino, Dino's come back. You know what? Now, I know they're reptilians, but remember remember the whole thing about predictive programming? What's the name of that new Jurassic World? Dominion. They mm-hmm. have dominion over the Earth. All right? I remember the scene from the one Jurassic World when they closed it out. They had this little raptor walking into Los Angeles. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. like looking at Los Angeles. This is my world now, you yeah. know? So the reptilians are coming back, and of course, you know. gives a whole new meaning to uh, the fourth seal, doesn't it? Yeah. The reptilians are coming back. The reptilians are here, Bob. Oh, they're here. They're, yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of these 
a lot of these people that are so uh, celebrated. I don't even know if I want to go there, but uh, possibly, hey, possibly the queen. Here comes more conspiracy theories, Joe. No, no, <laughs> no, it is. it's true. Uh, and they're, uh, you know, Charles and uh, there's, there's a lot of them that, that well, are reptilians. Hold on a second, Bob. How many, how many videos have you seen on the internet where like something's weird with the eyes, right? Like the eyes change into a different iris and they blink and then it's, and yeah. it's not like it's, it's manipulated video. It's yeah. not like deep fakes or anything like that. It just is like eyes twitch or eyes move this way or that way, or they have like, they go black and then they, and then they turn or like something comes down and then it goes back up or, I mean, how many different videos have you seen like that? I mean, I, I, I was just browsing one day, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago. And I was like, I, I ran across like literally hundreds of these. Mm-hmm. And that's like, not a conspiracy uh, theory. This is actually proven video. And, was, they're, not, and they're not Photoshopped either. Cause some of the people that are yeah. with them, they're reacting like, Right. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. They look at him and they're and like, people are like with them. Like, what did I just see? What did I just see? You see the people reacting around them. Yeah. This, this you world, know? this world economic forum that was just held in Davos. There was a guy there. I don't know the guy's name, but there's a video of this guy being interviewed. And all of a sudden his neck is like, I saw have that. You, have you seen that one? Yeah. I saw that. And it's like he, he is bulging. It's bulging because he's a fish out of water. It's like a frog. Same thing, same thing with the lady from Pfizer. Yeah. Wow. So there's some. See if you have your eyes open. If you have your eyes open and you and you're okay with like going down that path, sometimes look at this is not for everybody. Okay, it'll freak people out. It'll freak some people out. Like they don't want to believe it. They'll 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 be like, "Are you kidding me?" They'll get scared or whatever. But like. I don't get scared about this. Obviously, you guys don't get scared because we're, we're able to talk about it the way you're talking about it. But I'm telling you, if your eyes are open, there are so many things that are out there that if you look closely at, th- something abnormal is going on. Like, th- this is not just... I'm telling you, the, the world, if you look at it through a, like a supernatural, spiritual sense and eyes, you will see things that are not easily explained. Let's put it, just, mm-hmm. let's put it that way. They're the right. tears. They're the tears that God talks about. They're not the same blood, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, think, I think the tears go back, you know, and I, me personally at this point with the pyramids, and the, I think that whole pyramid thing is all set up. Uh, when they return, they're going to say a lot of different things about the civilizations that were here. Mm. But, I mean, I, I have, if you YouTube, you go on YouTube, this video is probably from the 1940s or 1950s. 50s. I don't know how when Elvis came out. There's a video of Elvis Presley. I think it's the 60s. It's in black and white. He's being getting ready to come out for a show, and there's a little girl that goes to interview him. And it's a shape shifting video. All right. Mm-hmm. You see his eye blow up, his face shape shift. The little girl looks at him, and she becomes white. Mm-hmm. So like Bob says, you don't necessarily always see the change, but the people near them see the change and you see their reaction. Mm-hmm. You just look up Elvis Presley shape-shifting and his fingers are like this. He, his fingers look like, like, a, like, a, like a raptor's fingers. They're just like this. And wow. he's falling apart. His, his handlers keep touching his face 
every three, five seconds. How much powder could this guy have needed? Great. Every time he starts shifting, what they do is they block him and they get him out of the, wow. the view of the camera and they push him back. And then you see him talking to the little girl like this and you see his eye go, whoop, whoop, and his face wow. shifts. And yeah. it starts to fall off of, his, off of his jaw. And then they finally push everybody out of the room because it's unmanageable anymore. Right. So you then, just then, YouTube then, Elvis Presley <laughs> reptilian shape-shifting and you will be like, this is unbelievable. How is this not all over the media? Because <clears throat> it's know. so real. And they put it, and they confirmed that in the one movie, um, Men in Black, that Elvis Presley didn't die; he just went home. Right. You know, and then they say <laughs> stuff like that. You know, I was like, you know, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit at this at this point. It won't surprise me one bit now. Yeah, not much surprise me anymore either. When we were no. traveling across the country from Virginia to come up here to Minnesota. I, I could have sworn I saw him at a gas station. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's all we have to say. Wow. 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 Oh, I like it very much. I like Last time I saw him, he was that's, in um, Argentina. That's $15 worth of gas. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. Wow. Pretty popular gas. Well, I mean, look, let's, look, let's look at the word, right? Jesus said this guy was full of demons. These demons had his body possessed. So what are, why are we to think that the Nephilim haven't downsized their body size and taken on this, you know, these bodies? It's obvious, you know, I mean, people can be possessed if they're not covered by the blood of the lamb. And people can certainly make a deal with the enemy um, like many artists have uh, sure. and admitted to it. Why would they admit to it? Just for the coolness factor? No, they admit to it because they tell us the truth. They don't. They they tell you lies, but they also tell you the truth, and you have to discern which is which. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what prophets, said, Joe? What what it says in Luke, I believe. What profits a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Mm. You know, they get a taste um, of it, and it's too. It's a, you know. It's, this is how Lucifer works. I mean, he yeah. he did it to Jesus. Why wouldn't he do it to a fallen man? Right. He offered Jesus the whole world. He took a shot too. Sure. I mean, that, what does that tell you? He took a shot. So if he knew Jesus in heaven before he got cast down, which we know he he knew Jesus, right? Because Jesus was around from the beginning of time. So like these guys had a relationship. So even when Jesus came down, Satan was like, hey, listen, I'll tell you what, this is my place. I'll, I'll hand you the keys. All you got to do is bow before me. Like, why is that conversation even taking place? Did he not see the glory of this, of God, of Jesus in heaven? It, so it just shows you these people, you know, they have no shot if they're not protected. If God chose, God chooses people, and I've been struggling with that a little bit. Uh, I've been trying to learn more about that, but He literally says, "I chose you." So if He chose you, you know that that I I worry for people. You know what I mean? I, you you better run to Him if you don't feel like you've been chosen. Like it, you have to choose Him back. Mm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a good that's a good way of putting it because. Uh, you know, as far as our all of our lives are concerned, we were not, you know, we, we didn't start off seeking the Lord and seeking the truth. Nobody here did. Uh, I certainly didn't. And I went through a lot of different things. But finally, when I got to that point, it was something that was very, uh, you know, that, that, um, that hunger uh, that you have to finally know that something is true and something makes sense in life. 
you know, it, it's there's a, there's they say there's a um, there's a void in everyone's life that needs to be filled, and that's the truth. And when you start to when you start to get a taste of the truth, and you really start to you seek it, you know, you start to understand it because you really it, it's it's impossible to understand the Word of God without the Spirit of God. Hundred You have that. You have it in you, and then all of a sudden, you'll start to, as you read, you'll start to say, "Well, this makes sense," you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get in people that are able to share, you know, some some of the people who've been around the word a little while can share some stuff with you and and uh, get you to the point. Even, where you, go ahead. Oh, even by experience too. You know, just sometimes it takes like the death of a loved one. You know. Regarding my grandmother, it, it was tragic, and I was angry. And I didn't understand why the the enemy had to, t- you know, why the Lord allowed her to be taken out by the vaccine. The most innocent person, you know, since she was vulnerable. Um, but then, from that point forward, my family and myself have never had so many dreams and revelation of my grandmother in heaven, seeing heavenly things to to the point I wasn't as focused on the Lord. As I as I am now, after since my grandmother's passing, I mean it's it's that void you're talking about, and it's like nothing else matters. Jesus, I just want to be with you, and I want to be with her, and He's filling that void with so many amazing things, just so many things. I mean, even the scripture we started out with, you know, it's significant, and so that's been regarding so many people in my life have suddenly had someone pass on. Psalm ninety one is the, the has been like the theme psalm. Um, over this this past season, so it's just I believe that was for you, brother, because uh, it was the same psalm that, that the Lord used for my grandmother's passing and a few others this season. So, mm-hmm. yeah. just I, I believe the Lord's going to just keep flooding you with just beautiful, hopeful things and that peace that you have that He's with the Lord now. You know, Amen. You know, I love uh, just make sure everybody, everybody understands here that uh. You know, the Bible says, Second Peter 3, 9, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men may count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, to us word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Okay, so some may people, some people may think that, well, God, God may only choose certain people to get saved. No, everybody can get saved. Okay, it says, well, that none should perish. Okay, but for some reason, though, I think, though, he gives, I guess, like for myself, I knew the Lord was after me a bunch of times. I kept having countless people come to me sharing the gospel on different occasions. Okay, and why is it that I got, why the Lord was after me compared to maybe somebody that hasn't heard the gospel their entire life? I don't know why it works that way. Okay, or why the Lord says, well, I'll let this person see the gospel one time and that's it. You know, I don't know why it works that way, but I do believe everybody has a chance to see the gospel. Everybody, everybody has a chance to reject reject Jesus, because that's the one thing that sends them to hell. Okay, and that's the one thing that sends them to the lake of fire. That's the main thing that sends them to the lake of fire, is that you had a chance and you rejected me. You knew who I was. You knew what I was all about. You knew the gift, but still you rejected it. Okay, so. That's what you know. I just want to point that out. We you have see, you got you got to be yeah. meek. You know, the, uh, one of the keys to this whole thing is getting to the point where 
you realize that you know the the, the last thing that a, a man or woman wants to admit is that they're wrong and that they don't have all the answers. And and you know you receive the engrafted word received meekly, I believe it says the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So we have to be you know we have to be humble you know uh, we can't you can't be arrogant and get into the kingdom of god you you have to be you have to realize it's it's a free gift he does he does put that in us though doesn't he i mean he really makes it happen for us i mean we we talk about what we have to do but ultimately it's all him right um i think there's some areas that we there's kind of this paradox that's going on between our lives, uh, scripture, um, what God can do. Obviously, there has to be a love for God, right? Otherwise, it would be a, a rape of love if if he just forced himself on us. But he can still instill, instill that, that love um, if we're truly wanting it. And yeah, like you said, Bob, it has to be, it has to be partly uh, the humble, humbleness, um, and you know, he does want us seeking him out, right? It's mm-hmm. the Acts 17, 26, right? Uh, I'll, I'll bring that up, but it, you know, this, I mean, I brought this up a long time ago, but I really think this kind of sums up the meaning of, of life here, uh, in my opinion. Um, and Acts 17, 26 through 27 and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord. If happily they may feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, I mean, like almost to me, in my mind, it it just came out as like the meaning of life right there. Right. Everybody, you know, everyone outside of Christendom, dumb, Christendom, and and as as non-believers are looking, seeking, right? Philosophers seeking the meaning of life, and here in this simple, these simple two verses here, this is this is it's all about seeking God out because He wants each and every one of us to love Him back mm-hmm. and to be with Him. Right. For us to choose him. Right. Okay. He created the angels. The angels had to obey. Bam. They mess up one time. Boom. Gone. But here we are. We're down here in the muck, reaching up to him, choosing him, rejecting the sin that's around us and trying to push it to the side and reach up to him. You know, you know, it's like I thought about that like yesterday. You know, it's like Jesus is like walking through this garden and we're like, the garden of the earth. And we're like little flowers reaching up to him, you know, just these little flowers reaching up to want to hug from him. He got some flowers that don't eventually just turn into weeds, you know, <laughs> but you know, that's, that that's a, a, a analogy of what it's like. You know, some people choose him, some people don't, you know, and however these people, I, I believe every single person that dies somehow, some way, in God's grace, they will hear the message of grace, and what, and they will accept it or reject it, some way, somehow. Because I don't think people 
I me, I don't believe that there are people that just die that never hear the gospel and then they're just thrown into hell and like a fire. You know, mm. I think God already had a plan for that. I know a lot of people ask that, you know, you like these Indians in these foreign lands that never heard the gospel, you know. But what does God do with those people? That's a great question, right? <laughs> Well, it is, but we all, but we know from that verse we just read that he wishes that no one would, would perish, you know? He wants for no one to perish. So if that's the case, he's going to make a way for them not to perish. That's why he's, mm-hmm. that's why he's pouring out a spirit as well in these villages. I mean, Syria yeah. now, only one third of Syria is Muslim. The rest are, are Christian and their government doesn't know what to do. It's, they're, in, you know, at a loss. And so the, the revival that God is, in those little pockets that we were talking about earlier, um, it's exactly what it's amazing, you know. But the first step is to to realize that um, you know you can't save yourself. That there's nothing that you can do in order to become holy enough to achieve heaven after you die. That the that and that and that requires some humility, doesn't it? I mean, that requires like you saying, "There's something bigger than me." Like, I'm not going to be able to do this, that there's something bigger. And then the second part is that realizing that you have missed the mark, that you've sinned, that you're not holy. And so that requires some humility as well, because everyone wants to, in the world always preaches, don't worry, whatever you do, it's good. It's all good. You're going to, everything's fine. You can do whatever you want, uh, you know, and, but that's really not the case. And the fact is, is that that humbleness and then you go and you say okay well if i'm not if i'm not going to be able to get myself there and i missed the mark what is and that's when you go seeking right and that's why it says if you if you if you seek and you knock on the door like robert said earlier you're going to find and it, but but it does require the person to to not be so prideful and not be so haughty and and so you know self uh, you know, like I can do everything on my own and that and the and the and the other thing, too, is like it's a gift, but that doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to take that gift. And not only that, there are people that realize that they've missed the mark, Bob, and you've dealt with a lot of these people over your life. And you, too, Joe, a lot of people have missed the mark. They realize they have. And then they think they got to work in order to achieve their salvation. Instead of actually mm-hmm. accepting the free gift and having the faith in Jesus Christ, who actually died once and for all for our sins, <clears throat> he paid the price, and that you don't need to pay the price by, by going our way and doing works for salvation. Doing works for rewards, that's great. Doing works for salvation, where's your faith in Jesus Christ at that point? Yeah. You, put, you put the onus on yourself in order to, to basically achieve salvation. No. Look at the end of this, though, at the the bounds of their habitation showing, you know, in verse 26, it's showing he's he has control over each of every one of us and where we live. Yeah. Right. The bounds of our habitation. So even if it's someone or a group, clan, uh, whatever, a tribe in a certain area of the world that that he determined the times and the bounds of their habitation of where they, where they reside, where they live. And we already know from the previous verse we went over, he, he desires everyone to come to him. 
So we, we have, you know, there's, there's again, that kind of paradox uh, going on where, all right, well, we know he wants everyone to be saved for everyone to come to him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the, at the same time we're, we're, we see that he has complete control over every, where everyone lives, mm-hmm. but it's, it's where they are. He wants them to seek after him. Mm-hmm. They want, right. I mean, there's verse 27 that they should seek the Lord, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Your life here is a staging area. Our life here, the meaning of life, is a staging area that sets you up for your eternal life. That's all it is, a launch pad for your eternal life. And that's the whole point of our life here, is to find the Lord, is to receive his gift, is to be born again. So that way, when our life is over, it's just the beginning. Hmm. Man, I should write that down. Yeah, he's a poet. (laughs) (laughs) That's the second time now. That's why you're going to replay this when the show's over, Bob, and write these down, right? That's why we call him Doc. Yep. That's why I call it the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. It's true. You can only, you can only, uh, you can count on the Holy Spirit to give you things like, only the Holy Spirit can give you things like that. Because, listen, we, 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 we are all fallen, and it's it's amazing what you said about the, being in the muck, Bob. It's like we're pressing against the sin that's pushing against us every day, right? It's just like we're trying to, like, wade through it and just, like, push it out of the way. And, 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 and when we do, like, go into it a bit, that's when we return and put it, put it at Jesus' feet and say, you know, here, you've got to help me with this because I cannot do this on my own. And and he's always there and and welcomes you back. I mean, that's the that's like the prodigal son's, you know, the the that parable about, you know, the the, the son goes away and just like takes everything, takes the inheritance, just goes, and it's like you, you'd think that the father would be like, "Are you kidding me?" And it comes back, and it's like, "I told you so, you jerk, get out of here." No, comes back and says, you know, "Welcome back, I love you." You know, I've been waiting for this day when you come back. And that's that's what he's doing all the time. And he's such a loving father. It's it's I mean, what an amazing setup, Bob, that he's put us into this staging area to go through this. And at this time that Mm -hmm. we're we live during this period of time, we 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 understand so many things about the Bible. The fact that we actually have the entire scriptures. Uh, written out for us, and then we see these things happening in front of our face. Uh, it's just, it's an, it's an amazing time. I mean, I told you guys when I was in Colombia, and I was going to move back to the United States because uh, I finally got, I'm going to get a flight. And I was like, well, I really don't want to go back to the East Coast. Uh, that, that place is like a prison there. <laughs> I mean, everybody's locked down forever. I, I don't really want to go back there. Uh, you know, where should I go? Uh, the Lord says, you you go wherever you, you want to go, but the only thing that you need to do is live in righteousness. That's it. Live in righteousness. That was Those are the words that he gave me. I'm like, where should I go? Should I go here? Should I go there? And he's like, you know what? Live in righteousness. Seek me, basically, right? And that's what these verses are saying, uh, Greg. He's like, you know, I, I've appointed you to, to, to go to this place. And so what I did, I called, made some calls, and it so works out to the exact minute of flights and things like that that I get a place. I mean, 
you know that's from him. And he's like, obviously, this worked out perfectly. This is where you're going to go. And so, uh, you know, if you just if you ask him, you're going to get the answers. You're you're going to you're you're going to be able to be guided in a way that leads you down the right path. And I mm-hmm. think that's the most beautiful thing about the relationship that you have with him is that if you do lean on him, he is going to make straight those paths. That mm-hmm. he is not going to make them crooked ever, ever. He's not going to lead you down something and, and and where you have to find your way back. That's when that happens, that's you doing it as the person. That's your decisions that you've made. And you've made and, and even those decisions, sometimes you make them and you know that you're doing something that could cause problems. And we've all done it. We've all thought, ah, I don't know if I should go do that, but we go and do it anyway. And then we're like, yep, shouldn't have done that, you know, and then we got to come back to the straight and narrow path. But the beautiful thing is that if you stay with him during that whole period of time, he's going to keep you on that path. And I think that's really the key for walking uh, as a Christian is to just try to stay in the word and stay as close to the Lord as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as soon as you don't, that's when you start veering off. And Vanessa I know you and I have talked about this where both of us have, have mentioned things in our past where we just started to veer it off a little bit. And it's just like, you know, what's going to boom, hit us back and get us back on the right track. Right. It, yeah. It always like takes the worst thing to bring it back and just gets so worse true. and worse every time. And every you're time like, straight, why did I do that in the first more place? Shameful. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Hey, uh, Greg, do you want to do some questions? You know better. That's why it's so simple. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's get those questions going, folks. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to play uh, the while we get questions coming up, we'll we'll play Joe's video montage. Uh, uh, this is in uh, memoriam, of course, uh, memory of his father who has just passed. For those who uh, who came on late, um, yes. Uh, Joe, we're going to play this now. And folks, if you have questions, please put them in the chat. Looks that way. Let's see what we have here. Um, Brother Robert, you have to leave, right? Yeah. You need to leave? Okay. All right. Great having you on again, brother. Thank you for coming. Good seeing you all. We'll see you next week. Take care, Bob. Same here. God bless. God bless. Take care. All right. So let me bring these up. Uh, Let's see. First question. Oh, for Kevin. <laughs> That's a trick question. Uh, but Greg, uh, I think you have a quote. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I believe I do. And uh, let me see if I still have it on here. Oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, the rapture uh, will be on the day of the rapture. That's, that's when it will happen. Uh, any any uh, more specific than that? I can't give that to you, but uh, Bob, Joe, Vanessa, Greg, do you know the day of the rapture yet? <laughs> no, I do not. I know, uh, I know All right. the signs of the times, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, we, we know it's coming. Uh, no, I do not know the day of the rapture as of today. I do. It's the day before the tribulation starts. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Very good. That's with Very me. Good. It's a day when the uh, God's trumpet goes off that's true that's we're gonna hear a, a voice uh, of an archangel and the trumpet of god will sound that's uh and jesus will mm-hmm. send that's Today that's what's gonna is, happen 
That's what happens on the day of the rapture. But actually, which day that is, we don't quite know yet. But we see the day approaching. Let's put it that way. It's the day the IRS goes out of business. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Yep. All right. Next one. Do you agree that everything we see and hear apart from the word from the word from the Lord is a lie? Everything apart from the word. Not at all. Uh, I, I have an answer for that. Okay, go ahead. I think I have. Uh, and this is uh, a good point from Eric Metax. Because I had this question when I was trying to figure out my career doing music. And I said, you know, I have secular music. But is it any less edifying than some of the crap that I hear on Christian radio? Um, and it is. You know, I go back to the 60s and 70s. And so he, he said in one of his shows, and I, I prayed about it, and he confirmed it. And he goes, he always has 60s and 70s playing on his opening radio show, the stuff I grew up with. And so for people who used to have some substance to write beautiful music. And so um, I, uh, you know, he said the most beautiful uh, part of scripture, I'll, I'll butcher it, and it's um, just to paraphrase, is, you know, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are true, whatever things are just, meditate on these things. And if a, a secular person, like I got saved through a Karen Carpenter song, it was that night, and he used that song. And, and, and it, was, it wasn't a worship song, but it was a song that related to my life at the time, um, took me back to my childhood, and most certainly. And uh, yeah, I 100% believe that God can use people in the secular world to, um, to speak to us about heavenly things. Yeah. There's plenty of, of, uh, of math books and other kind of books as well that have all kinds of information that are lies that are not lies in them. Uh, and those are apart from the word. So I no, not everything that we see in here apart from the word is a lie. Um, however, there are a lot of things that you will see and hear that are lies that they will tell you are truths, but they are not. They are lies. So the, you got to be discerning, right? And uh, the Holy Spirit helps you out with that. So certainly if you don't have the Holy Spirit, and we've talked about this throughout the entire broadcast, that is your rock. That is your defense, right, Greg? I mean, that's that what that verse talks about. You've got to have a defense against Amen. all those things that are going to come at you. That's mm. why it says to put on the full armor of God, because it comes at you from every angle in every direction. Uh, and, and if you don't have a rock to stand on, you don't have a rock to lean on, then you're going to be, you know, like Bob said earlier, if you don't have the wind of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have some other wind that's going to blow you around. Jesus talked mm -hmm. about a parable of that, of the mm -hmm. seeds that are sown mm -hmm. and that the wind comes by and there, there they go. And so there's nothing, no, no roots to them. So yeah, you gotta be in the word and you gotta you, you gotta you gotta make sure that you're discerning at all times to to see whether or not they are truths or lies. Amen. Amen. All right. And question any clue on this pole shift coming next year? Any clue? All right. Bob, that's that's your area of expertise. Well, we don't know when that's gonna happen either, but I believe this pole shift have, has everything to do with the sixth seal. So, if and according to my according to the, my research, the data seems to indicate the sixth seal takes place in the spring of 2025. Oh, so that's when I believe that sixth seal will be open because that's right before the seventh seal is opened. Because all the well, I'm not getting to all that right now, but uh, you know, the, they all go in order, and once everything has happened throughout the first five seals. God's like, all right, it's time to shake this world up and let you know my wrath is coming. 
open the sixth seal, give them another shock. Shock huh. the world again. And that's a sixth seal. And everybody's like, you know what? we never seen anything like that before. Did you do the Antichrist? Did you do that there, you guy in Jerusalem? Did you do that? Because that was pretty incredible. He's like, well, 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 well yeah, it wasn't you. You're a fraud. Okay, and then, it, you know, the snowballs from there. So, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a pole shift until... Into the tribulation? Yeah, the tribulation. Kind of makes sense. I mean, a pole shift is like, I mean, from what I've heard, is that it, it's it's cataclysmic. I mean, it, it changes things so much in that it, it would destroy oh, anything to do with GPS or anything like that. I mean, all that stuff would be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be a it, it would be a huge problem for anybody living in a technical uh, technology on Earth. Um, it would cause ma- major calamities, and I, I got I got to think that that's reserved for the for the tribulation if it's going to happen during that oh, period yeah. of time. Something that huge? That's huge. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. You're talking about 365 mile an hour winds, right? Okay, something that you're talking about. Man, you're talking about earthquakes and splitting ravines at a thousand miles an hour. That's insane. That's brutal. I mean, when Jesus said that it's going to be like a time that never before, never again. I mean, think about the technology that we have these days and how much we rely on it and how much this a pole shift would just destroy that that kind of life. Uh, that that, That would never happen before and never happen again. So. I think right. it's probably reserved for the tribulation, um, if right. it's going to happen at all, because that is really cataclysmic. Um, yeah. That might be more cataclysmic than actually what's going on during the tribulation. In, in <laughs> so maybe it won't happen, but if it does happen, I don't think that we're going to be around to see that. No. Hey, Greg, um, I have a quick question. I'm going to share from Chester, if that's all right. Go ahead. Uh, Chester has a great question. Here. Said, what happens if a person does sinful things knowing it's a sin, and decides to do it anyways. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. You won't <laughs> lose your salvation over it. It's going to, it'll harm your uh, testimony. True. Okay. But it you could, cost you, could, could cost you entrance into the kingdom. <clears throat> yeah. Paul talks yeah. about that and says, if you do these things willfully, you're not going to inherit the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You yeah, won't lose right. your salvation because the Bible says in Ephesians 4.30, that do not do not grieve the Holy Spirit, which you have been sealed to until the day of redemption. Once you're sealed, you're sealed. You're born again. You're sealed. You receive God's DNA spiritually, and then it's completed at the rapture, resurrection with the, with the restoration of your body. That's a done deal. That's a process that that will never be taken away from you. Yeah. Okay. But your the, the 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 type of sins that you do and the amount of sins that you do can affect your eternal rewards. Right. It says that people will suffer loss. Those yeah. that believers will suffer loss from those things. So you got to be careful. You don't like, like Bob said, this is a staging area. This is setting up what you're going to get for eternity. So if you're going to do those willful, willful sins, especially some of them, uh, then uh, you're going to suffer great loss. And yeah. And don't, yeah. Don't forget also, it's going to, it's going to affect your relationship yeah. um, while you're here, you know, supposed to be preaching the word. You're supposed to be doing the things of God. And it's going to cause a, a ripple effect in your relationship, in your life. Uh, you may even have health issues. There may be a number of things that you bring in uh, upon you 
by yeah. doing something like that. So I, I don't know. I could say nothing, but in terms of salvation, right. you, you know, that will definitely, you know, that's something that, yeah, Bob, I do agree on. Um, but there will, there will be, there most likely will be consequences um, here and to our, to our actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's not that you can't, you know, um, you can't repent. It's not that you can't, you know, turn from that or, or actually, you know, change, have a change of mind rather. Right. That's what we've discussed. Exactly. Um, things kind of go hand in hand. You have the change of mind. You're going to actually turn away from that. So, but in the true definition of repentance, it's, it's having a change of mind. And, true. and then you're going to see that release because you're, you're going to, there's going to be a, rela- a release. There's going to be a lift. But I mean, if you do that stuff intentionally, folks, I, I can tell you firsthand there's going to be a major weight upon you and uh, you turn back to Jesus. He'll, he'll lift it off you, but um, there's a reason there's, there's consequences to our actions, no doubt. And every day he's, he's, he's just waiting for you to, to turn to him. So to, to turn you around basically. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, he's always there. And the day that, and, and look at, we've all been through this. Okay. Not one of us has not been through this where we have, we have sinned in the past and we knew we were sinning and we, we, and we were like, okay, I've enough, <laughs> enough. I got you come to the Lord, right? You go to him, you put it on him, you give him the burden and then he helps turn, turn it around. And you have a change of, of, of mind. You have a change of attitude. You repent. You say, I'm not going to go back and do those things anymore. We've all been through this. Not one of us, I can guarantee you has been perfect through our entire life. There's no way because that, that person just doesn't exist. But right. the key is, is that you you do get that change, that you do ultimately turn that around and uh, and you change. And, he, and God is so merciful that he he's there at all times. And that um, even if you didn't, though, yes, you will suffer loss. But what kind of a God would say, well, you sinned uh, and you sinned so much that, sorry, you don't get a, gift, a free gift. Uh, that That is not a, a holy or just God, in my opinion. So you don't need to worry about that part of it. But if that's the if that's the only part that you care about, I'm telling you, once you get to heaven and you're in the afterlife and you see everybody else with all these rewards and you don't have any, you're not going to be as happy as you think. Okay, because there are people who are not going to not necessarily going to cry and like be sad the rest of for eternity. But at the same time, you will suffer loss. So we all all of us desire rewards. I mean, that's just part of our makeup, right? I mean, we all desire rewards. It's who it's just, it's part of, and God loves to give the rewards. So uh, try to achieve those, you know, go, go for that side of things rather than the willful sin, because I'm telling you, it, it's, it's not worth it. There's like, this is just a fleeting moment, right? In the whole picture of eternity, this period of time, isn't there that verse, uh, Greg, that talks about, you know, that, Something about our suffering during this period of time is like, is, is like, you know, Nothing meaningless in terms of right. Yeah. Based on what, yeah, what we have, what he has in store for us. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, our suffering. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's so true, but I, I know we have to keep going. Um, we only have a few minutes left. Okay. Um, so, Vanessa, you might, I know this was, <laughs> this was directed to, to Bob, but it's about your painting. Um, name of Vanessa's painting, Pearl and Hands. 
Did did you oh, name wow. it? Wow. Yes. I, I didn't remember. Did I show it to you guys up on Uptime? I can't remember. Is that <laughs> I've never heard of this before. Oh, this happens. Uh, it's called. You got Christ a fan, Living. Vanessa. <laughs> it's called Christ the Living Water and the Pearl of Great Price. Christ the Living Water and the Pearl of Great Price. Yeah, it was. It happened. It came about uh, after years of prayer. After I got saved, um, about four years of my walk, I didn't paint for about fifteen years, and I hadn't seen my dad in about five years. He's a strong Christian. He's going to raise me in the way of the Lord. And so I go to visit him, and just my prayer was answered, and the it was prophesied over my dad's a biblical painter, and I kind of laughed about it. And uh, that's where God opened up my gift again after like fifteen years. And it just started to flow, and I started doing biblical art, and the gift just came pouring back to me. Wow. And it was after a series of all the dreams we were having. Brother Bob was having dreams. Uh, Sister Meg in the UK was having dreams of living water and the pearls. And her name means pearl, by the way, Meg. I was Saved by Grace Meg, Meg, that one? Yep, 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 yep. Saved by Grace Meg, yes. We had her on here Saved one time. Saved by Grace. Yeah. Oh, I love Saved her. by Grace. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the verse. That, so, so Greg's so good. He can pull up verses just like that. That's awesome. Yep, that's the, that's the verse. I reckon Romans that the sufferings eight. of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amazing. Amen. Romans 8.18 for those on the audio podcast. Oh, um, Romans such a great book, isn't it? Wonderful <laughs> chapter also. Awesome chapter. Yeah, amazing um, chapter. Okay, so yeah, thank you for that. Um, Probably been asked this a hundred times. What do you think lukewarm believers will get left behind at the rapture? Or does every single believer go at the rapture regardless? Ooh, That's why I just answered question. here. If you have the indwelling Holy Spirit, you go in the rapture. Because Romans 8 uh, verses 10 and 11 says that it changes you from within. Okay, that's the power. Okay, now we're all disobedient children. Every last one of us. We all take our prodigal son and daughter trips. Okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. All right. Some of us are going to be on those trips, and some of us are going to be right here on the right here at the vineyard working. <laughs> okay, but be it as it may, we're all children of God. All right, if you have that indwelling Holy Spirit inside you, that's all that matters. If you see it to the day of redemption, Ephesians four thirty, that's all that matters. If that dynamic is a part is in you, you're going in the rapture. You might there, there's probably some believers here. I've been saved and I became lukewarm, where I just you know, I wasn't on fire for the Lord. I'm just kind of going through life. You know, I went through those phases. You know, I think we all did. You know, <clears throat> you get too busy with life, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you have the indwelling Holy Spirit within you, then you will be taken at the rapture resurrection because God's just not going to leave that in you and take everybody and leave you behind because you're being a bad boy, bad girl for the last week and a half. Mm. Okay. You get what I'm saying? I hear you. Right. The the, uh, yeah. the thief on the cross tells us that also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bob, why do some so many Bible prophecy teachers ignore the Shemitah cycles and say they are not relevant? When to me that makes so much sense. But they're teaching a bloodless gospel. That's what they're doing. <laughs> they're probably teaching. Um, who knows? I've seen them. You know. But I just think they're, they're 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 totally ignorant of the end times because if they're really paying attention to the end times, I've seen these preachers, I've seen uh uh, uh what's that guy uh that uh a uh, pastor Farag or what's his name you know yeah they pay attention to that stuff. He's a preacher. Some of them know that we are in the last days. Other ones they refuse to you know 
look at that stuff, you know. But I think if you're truly filled with the Holy Spirit, like I said, those preachers, if you're truly filled with the Holy Spirit, you can sense something is coming. And you can't help but go to the Bible and study and see what's coming. And start and eventually come past a Shemitah cycle teaching or something. There, there, I mean, there are some people who know about it, but you know what? God, we, every, all of us are part of a body, right? And we have different members and we and we, we have different focus and different specialties and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't hold it against other people who don't talk about it or know about it. Um, there are people who do. And um, if you're interested in it, you can find them. And, um, well, Bob Barber is one of them. So uh, if you like stuff about Shemitah cycles and things like that, um, you know, Jonathan Kahn talks about it a lot, right? I mean, that's one other guy, too. So, I mean, you could go. You can go to Bob's, Bob's channel uh, if you're not already there. And he's got plenty of stuff on Shemitah. So I think God is, um, you know, he just has different people do different things. Um, all right, we'll make this the last question. Will our pets be coming with us in the rapture? I mean, I, say it, but... <laughs> I don't want to say it either. Sorry. Yeah, I don't want well, to say. Chances it. are, you know, God, you know, that's just one of those things. You know, God knows our hearts. Yeah. If that's if that is your desire, you know, can can God deliver the soul of your pet to heaven with it? Can He do that? Yeah, He can. He created everything here. He created all the dimensions. He makes all the rules. Okay. And eventually, and if it doesn't happen, I eventually, let's say if they go down to the center of the earth and they're in Abraham's bosom. Well, the Bible says eventually there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. So eventually you're going to be reunited with your pet anyways. <laughs> However, that's going to take place. So right. one way or another, I think your pet will be just fine. Yeah. I Listen, I, that's how I put it too. Is I I'm like, look, God has has things in store for us that we can't even imagine, let alone the things that we can. So um, you know, if you love your pet, God knows your heart and and knows that you love your pet. And and if God and if if God knows you that well and knows and and you say in your heart, boy, I, I couldn't even imagine going through eternity without my pet god is so loving I, I can't imagine that he would tell you sorry buddy you don't ever get to see your pet again that's just the way it is you know go hit the road i mean come on i mean he is loving okay so your your pet i agree with bob if you love your pet you you can keep your pet <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. I want to respond. I want to respond. I, to respond to I got that. That's did you, did you get that one? Yeah, I got. We're gonna have to make that a quote. We're gonna have you to write like that. Your pet, you can keep your pet. <laughs> you love it, you keep it. Evan Hookman. Obamacare. That's right. It's pet care by God. If you like your pet, you can keep your pet. It's not a lie this time. You'd be able to do it. I do think that you're going to get reunited with your pet if you really want your pet. For those who don't like barking dogs and things like that. I don't think that those people are going to hear a barking dog in heaven or for eternity. I think that that's that that for people like that, I don't think they're going to have to hear dogs. But for people who love dogs and things like that, I think they're going to be able to be with their dog. Wayne, nice. I had I had two of my first rapture dreams were with my dog. All right. Now I've watched thousands of rapture dreams going back to 20, 2020. I'm going to ask this question to Bob. How many dreams have you seen with people having pets? Because I've seen none 
during the rapture when they're with their pet. And I've had two with my dog. So I'm going to own this one and say, I think your pets are going to go with you in the rapture. Because really? mine was, mine, yeah, I've seen a lot of rapture dreams. Have you guys ever seen anybody talk about their pets being yeah. with them at the Sis- rapture? Sister Meg, Sister Meg. Okay, she, that, so that, there's one. I just lost the most precious animal in my life. And this is the question I had from, for God for the last two months. I found out last week that the cat that they gave away um, my cat that they gave my family gave away without telling me after I lost our house that I grew up in. Um, I was devastated then. I was so heartbroken because she just, she, I had a relationship with her that reminded me of my grandmother because she was so old. I felt like I was taking care of my grandmother. Like they had the same type of spirit. I don't know how to explain it. I, don't, I never considered myself a pet person. I would laugh at the PETA people until I had a relationship with this animal. And I was so devastated the other day because my family knew the relationship I had with this cat because she would only sleep with me. And I was, I just thought, I was like so upset that she'd like die of a broken heart because, you know, they do feel. And um, God gives us these creatures to look after and he knows how important they are to some people. And that's why they have pet therapy because people feel comforted by these beautiful, innocent animals. And so this like for the last two months, you know, just two weeks now, actually I, I found out that my, my cat, oh, by the way, Vanessa, your, your cat died. I'm like, and I'm devastated. And so like, this is interesting timing, you know, after all this loss, I, I really do believe if you, if you care so much, God will be so gracious and loving to to bring the most precious part of you up, up with you, you know? I agree. I, he was in two of my rapture dreams, and God did that for a reason. All right. Well, um, you know, yeah. I guess it just I guess it remains to be seen. Remains to be seen. I think that those were great answers, and uh, I think what some people wanted to hear. Um, so with that, I think what, what we're going to do is we're going to close and, um, perhaps we should just do prayer. Uh, Joe, thank you for your montage, your video montage before, uh, it was beautiful. It was, uh, touching and, uh, Thanks for playing. yeah, our condolences to you and the family. Um, so I, I guess I'll, I'll just close this in prayer and just, you know, uh, lift you and the family up. Um, Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, what you do, what you continue to do in our lives. Lord God, we thank you, Father, for Joe and uh, his family. Uh, We just lift them up to you right now during this time of mourning. We ask, Father, that uh, you just comfort them, um, uh, give them, uh, you you say, uh, rejoice where people rejoice, mourn where, where they when they mourn, Lord God, we mourn with them, Lord, and we are with them. And we just ask that you continue to give them peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding to rest upon them right now in Jesus name. We ask that you continue to, to give them guidance and direction in their life. Let this, uh, uh, let this moment, Lord, uh, bring them closer together, not far, farther apart, Lord. Let this uh, be something that just uh, helps Joe and, and act as a, as a tool in his evangelism and, and bringing others to Christ, Lord. Uh, help them uh, to just know that you are uh, who you say you are. You continue to be uh, who you continue to be. And we know that you, you will because we have your word that states that. And we believe in it. We believe in you, Lord. We, uh, we know and trust you and what you will do for us even in this time of, of trial, that uh, you are still with us, that we should be strong and courageous. And uh, I just asked that for my brother today, that uh, you just continue to lift him up and um, just have, have him just continue looking up and, and reading his word and, and just have that comfort knowing that you are always there, uh, no matter what. And um, 
that he'll see his father again soon. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, we do ask for a blessing upon every single listener, both live and in recording, um, that they be blessed by this um, this webcast and that they listen in. Uh, those uh, who do listen, that they be blessed and that they continue to um, watch for you, look for you, and um, and that we all just continue to encourage each other, lift each other up during these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. Thank you, everyone, for coming back on to for another uptime. I know we went a little bit over, but that's okay. Um, God bless you all. Lord willing, we'll be next, back next week. And uh, praise, praise the Lord. Amen. Love you all. Amen. God bless.